Welcome to Found Sounds Podcast. This month's episode features Molly Rose. Uh, Molly has been studying violin since she was three years old in group Suzuki classes. And after attending Hampton University, she began studying jazz violin. Typically, she spends her summers playing in New Orleans uh, and has played with many well-respected artists, including Ellis Marsalis, Carl LeBlanc, Charmaine Neville, and Tanya Boyd-Cannon. She's a North Carolina native, but has relocated to Philadelphia to pursue her doctoral degree in criminal justice at Temple University and hopes to one day become a criminal justice professor and influence criminal justice policy through empirical research and seems to be balancing both pursuing a musical career and her her criminal justice career effortlessly. She's been writing and producing her own work and performing on other other people's projects around the city and is really a wonderful musician. I'm excited to to talk with her and share her music with you. Uh, Before we get into listening to her music in the interview, I want to mention our Patreon page real quick. If you go to patreon.com and search for Found Sounds with a PH, you'll find our page, and it's a way you can help support the podcast. I really want this podcast to be something to help support the music community here in Philadelphia, so um, let me know if there's anything else you think that the podcast could be doing to be supporting other musicians around the city. Um, Yeah, and I want to give a shout-out to... My, my uncle Phil Case out in California became uh, one of our monthly subscribers at the Patreon page. So thank you, Uncle Phil. Before we get into our interview, let's have a listen to some of Molly's music. This is a piece off her first EP titled The Root. Thank you. 
Molly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. What a beautiful piece. Thank you. Yeah, that was um well an instrumental cover of the the root by um D'Angelo. He's one of my favorite artists. Mm, yeah. And like a study of the the violin and all the sounds that you can get out of it. Yeah, this was um when I recorded this, like it was back in 2017, I had just gotten an interface that, that was like my first time producing anything. Mm. So I was, um, well, all I really had was just the violin so I could just plug it into the interface. So I would just did everything, um, on this, on this EP, everything is just layered violin. So that was really all I had at the time. Um, and so, yeah, I did a little bit of percussion and like plucking to get different types of sounds. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what, what this, um, this EP called Voices is mm -hmm. featuring for sure. Yeah. Sounds like the, uh, violin was all you needed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so that, you know, that was like just made in your bedroom. Yep. Uh -huh. Yeah. The whole thing, it just, um, my, my violin has a pickup so I could just, I didn't really mm. have to worry about noise stuff. Is it both? Is it like it's acoustic and it has a pickup? Yeah, it's yeah, it's acoustic five string violin, and then it has it has a pickup built in, um, but it it is acoustic. Most violins don't have five strings, right? Right, that's true. So usually they have four, and this fifth one um, is a low. The fifth string is a low C, which is the same C that's on a viola. So it's really, mm. um, it's a five string violin but you can play everything that a viola can play, but it's not as big as a viola. So it's really meant for violin players. But it gets like, it helps like get some of that, that like alto tenor range, yeah. that warm sound. Yeah. So that's why I really like that violin. And that's, I pretty much exclusively play it because even when you're playing the, you know, the regular four strings, it sounds, you can tell that um, it, it does have a deeper sound. Right. What I like. What, what made you like, how'd you find that violin? Is it, does someone else play something like that or? Um, I think when, when I was in high school or something and I used to watch YouTube videos of just violinists and I remember one guy playing, he had a five string. So then, I mean, I guess that's what showed me that they even existed because I had never seen one. And then, um, yeah, I, sometimes when I was playing, I would just like find myself thinking about what I would play if I had that extra C string or like, I would like, almost accidentally play this, this string that wasn't even there because I was mm. like, trying to play a low note. So mm. when I was in college, I would find, I just got one, um, invested in a five string and I pretty much, I have sadly abandoned my other violin, even though I still have it, but I, I love the, the new one so much. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, that's an incredible unique. That's cool. So D'Angelo is a big influence. Yeah, I mean, I think everything that everyone that I listen to is an influence for sure. Yeah. yeah I don't know if I, you know, and I, I listen to him a lot. So he certainly has influenced me, you know, but I don't know if I think about it so much when I'm making new stuff. But, you know, I wouldn't have, I, I, I wouldn't have any of the ideas or anything that I have without having listened to people like him or uh, yeah, other artists in general. 
Yeah. I mean, I know when I was listening to that, I was also just thinking of some of the, you know, the blues elements that come out of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And I know you, I know you spent some time there. Um, yeah. I was wondering if you could talk about that some. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I did. Um, I spent many summers in New Orleans since I was an undergrad. I, I went there the first time for a, for an internship that, um, was like it brought HBCU students to different national parks. So New Orleans has a jazz national historical park. So there were other students being sent around the country to like Grand Canyon or Yellowstone or, or just different national parks. But I, mine was a you know, music-based national park and you had to play an instrument and uh, you had to at least be interested in jazz. So at that time I hadn't really played much jazz because I grew up um, studying classical music. But I went, um, I went down to New Orleans for a whole summer, um, and I got to play with uh, the park rangers at that at that national park. Are all musicians too? So, That's so cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so you know they have like free programs every day where the public can come in, um, and they'll bring in outside musicians as well. But they'll also sometimes play or whatever. Um, they bring in a lot of local New Orleans musicians as well. And, um, but I got to sit in with pretty much, well, it was five days a week. I got to sit in and play with different jazz musicians from around New Orleans that were being brought by the park to, to play. So that was my first real introduction to really playing non-classical music, um, the violin. So I, yeah, definitely um, attribute New Orleans to a lot of my growth as a musician because that's the first time I was really able to explore it. Um, you know, new stuff on my own. And so since yeah. I've gone back almost every summer, except this past summer because of COVID stuff, but every summer at the end, this summer I should be, hopefully I can go. Um, but um, yeah. You, you go back to work with the park specifically or do your own thing? Um, well, a little bit of both because the, since, you know, the park has like federal funding and stuff, I will yeah. go down there like with them. But now that I've made other connections, you know, I will play other places while I'm there if I can get something set up. But, um, yeah, I have been pretty much working with the park, but just not as an intern anymore. Now, like I'll have a residency there. Um, right. um and so it'll for a week or two weeks or, or on and off kind of out, I'll, I'll be featured, um, They'll, they'll hire other musicians to play with me. And then usually they'll let me have like a bigger concert at um, what, at the end of my stay there. Um, so I, yeah, and it's a really nice, they have a really nice music hall in there. But um, yeah, I have made other connections since I was there, since I've just been there every summer. Um, so I do some other stuff too. I uh, I fell in love with New Orleans music when I, and Louisiana music, I, I went to Louisiana State mm-hmm. for my master's and fell in love with the music down there. What What is it to you that is like so infectious about that, the style that comes out of New Orleans? Um, I don't know. Maybe like, I think uh, maybe the first year I went down there, I didn't necessarily appreciate it because, or like for its distinctiveness because I just was... Uh, just so excited to be playing something different. I just kind of was like, Ooh, this is, <laughs> but when I like went back, you know, I said, do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? Or so like, I kind of like, I realized I'm like, Oh, like, I feel like I'm somewhere else for sure. It's different. Um, 
Well, I mean, it's a distinct style of music, I mean, for sure. Right. Um, yeah, it's definitely just like a different feeling when you're down there that you just kind of you know what it means when you when when you're there. Is it easy for the for you to have the violin fit in with the the other musicians down there? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, everyone in general is very nice to jazz violin players. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I kind of have it easy because nobody, I mean, people are just excited to see a violin. So they don't really, yeah. I don't, I don't think they care much what happens after, but, um, so well, you're I, playing so good that the, it goes, <laughs> it all checks out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I, sometimes I think like, I, I don't think it would have mattered too much what I played, but, um, but you know, I don't, I don't mind that. I'm, I'm glad to be welcome for whatever reason it is. Um, but yeah, I haven't had, in in New Orleans or anywhere else, really um, a problem being accepted into a new music community. Cool. Should we take a listen to another piece? Sure. Um, well, so I guess before I play it, I'll you know since that that first EP, the voices, that's the first thing I ever released, and it kind of was like, well, I just got an interface and wanted to put something out, and then I. Um, you Don't know. sell it short, though. I mean, it sounds great. No, and I'm saying, like, <laughs> no, but that's why it's all vibe. right, that's right, it. right. And then, um, but then I, you know, got like keyboards and started trying to do like more, more stuff. And so, this, sure. the second EP is is my second EP ever. Is um, in most recent EP. I mean, and uh, this one's called Taste, and I featured different singers on each song. Because I'm cool. not too much of a singer trying to change that, but um, <laughs> so yeah. So this is one this is this the one you do on you put under Molly Rose? Yeah, they're both. Well, they should be both under Molly Rose. Okay. Yeah, you know, dealing with the distributor stuff sometimes it gets they get separated, but um. Got you. Yeah, they're both under Molly Rose. That's that's my actual name too, but um, and so I. I'll play, I'll play this one. It's uh, featuring a good friend of mine, Tally, who's a Haitian singer. She's singing, well, she's singing in French in this song, but uh, it's called Tarek Pa, and it means don't stop. And she's pretty much talking about, um, well, about like the earth and, you know, how it's keeping us up and pretty much saying like, don't stop holding us up, the, the earth. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. And that was that was her inspiration, like behind the lyrics that she wrote to mm. to the beat that I had made. Um, okay, so here here is. Here's that. Thank you. 
that was a really great evolution. Like sonically and artistically. Yeah, thank you. Um, where where's the line? I'm curious. I'm always curious where the line between improvisation and composition is. Um, in like a writing process, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's like it's, um, yeah, a little bit of both, of course. Yeah. But like for that one, I think I I started off. Like I had like a little melody type thing in my head that like the violin was playing when it first came in. So I like, I had that, I, I mean, I didn't write it out, but you know, I had that planned mm -hmm. Then I like was like making chords to fit that. Mm. And then I just kind of put, um, played around with different sounds and just built off of that. So yeah. then the end part was all improv for violin but mm -hmm. he thought but it was doubled um so it at first it was improv and then i sat on the song for a while so i had memorized that that okay part yeah, yeah. Part. so i was gonna redo it i think well, i did redo it i think it's three violins playing the same thing more or less but i was gonna just re-record it um how but just have it be the exact same yeah um, and so i think I did that, but I ended up just saying, oh, let me just keep all of them, all the takes. Yeah, it was nice. So it wasn't, it wasn't improv at that point. What's your, your relationship like with that vocalist and how that, that like collaboration came together? Yeah, um, Tally, she, um, I met her pretty soon after I moved to Philly, um, which is in 2017. Um, she like used to do a lot of house concerts. She, she's, um, she plays guitars and sings um, and, and writes music too. And um, I think I, I, I know I saw her at one of those house concerts that I somehow ended up at. And right. um, you know, so I'm Haitian as well. And so I, of course I wanted to connect with her on that. And right. she's um, uh, very smart, uh, sweet, talented. And she, um, yeah, we just kind of kept, kept up. Um, I did, I played for her a couple times, like in some of her shows. So we just maintained contact. And when I wanted, when I knew I was going to do another EP with me just producing and um, I knew I was going to need singers and I definitely wanted one to be in French or Creole. And so I mm -hmm. went to, I asked her and she, yeah. she came through. She's great. I'm curious. It might be, it's not exactly on topic for this song, but I've always been curious because I know you study, you study at Temple and you study criminal justice. And I'm curious where, if, when, like, does that intersect with your music? Um, yeah, well, it never, it hasn't too much um, intersected too much. You know, I did always think of them as kind of just separate things. Um, but the, when I moved here, I moved, I moved to Philly for school to, to go to Temple. So, you know, that was my main purpose in coming here, but I did tell myself that I was going to take music just as seriously. And so that, you know, that I was going to not treat it as just like something that I do for fun, even though on surface that is kind of what it is, but, um, you know, I wanted to take it more seriously than that. So mm -hmm. I just kind of, I just maintain my music life along with my academic life. 
I will say I did, um, you know, I started working with Beyond the Bars and, you know, they are a music program that you know, is dedicated to interrupting the cycles of violence or just the, uh, um, working with people who have, you know, been directly or indirectly impacted by the criminal justice system. So um, I, I do work with, that was one way that I did. Right. That's, that's specifically with youth, right? With youth, yeah, and, and young adults. Um, okay. And so that, I mean, that definitely intersects music and um, criminal justice. And before COVID hit, we were going into prisons and working in juvenile facilities, helping them produce music. Mm. So, you know, there's definitely ways to, um, to, for it to overlap, but, um, I, it hasn't so much overlapped with my independent music making, but, um, right. yeah. Is that, is that, a working with beyond the bars? Is it like a, a learning process for you also? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, uh, officially trained as a teacher, you know, so, you know, when I started teaching, private lessons it was kind of a learning experience and then working uh in juvenile facilities is a learning experience and just teaching other people anything if you're not is a learning experience whether or not you're trained in it of course but um so yeah that's that's been a learning experience but um I've I've enjoyed it and uh, it's it's cool to see if you work with someone for long enough, it's, it's great to see them improving or just to, uh, especially working with people who, who want to do it. Uh, you know, it's, it's a joy to teach people like that. Yeah. Um, we can, we can cut this next part out if you don't want to talk about it, but we're sitting here with the day of that. We got right. the news of the Derek Chauvin trial and, I just, you know, I'm sitting here with a, someone who's studying criminal justice and wondering what your feelings and thoughts are reflecting on today. Yeah. Um, well, of course, I, I was hoping for a guilty verdict and I'm glad that there's a guilty verdict. Right. Um, you know, it, it is like, um, yeah, I, I think that for a system that is that has not been proportionate in the way that it treats people, especially upon uh, based upon race, you know, it, it looks it feels good to um, to have it be a break in uh, precedent. Um, right. But it's definitely um, you know reform reform that's needed. Um, in the prison system, like, and in policing. Um, yeah, I just think that, I, I mean, I would, I'll take this as a win for, sure. you know, with the circumstances that we're, we're given, but it's just a lot, well, a lot that needs to be done. And um, I, I think this, this is a, a good turning point. I, I hope, I would hope it's a turning point. Right. We hope so. I hear you saying that, you know, it's, it's good thing, but we're, we're also hoping for broader reform across the, across the board. Right. Yeah. Cool. There's people, um, there's people that don't, that, that don't need to be, um, incarcerated at all. 
you know, or you need different types of treatment or, um, you know, don't need to be in there as long as they are. Um, so it's, um, yeah, it's just a lot, it's a lot that needs to, that needs to be changed. Um, but I definitely take this as a win. Sure. I, I was worried. Me too. <laughs> yeah, Me too. Yeah, we were all worried. So I'm, I'm happy for that. Yeah. Well, we'll pivot back to the main reason why we're here is to support your music. Yeah. Where where can folks find your music? They want to hear your EP. They want to buy some buy some music from you. What's the best way to support you? Yeah. Um, well, I, my stuff should be on all like major streaming platforms, um, and my uh, artist name it's all under Molly Rose. It should it should all be under there. My two EPs, Voices and Taste. Um, so at the end of each of the interviews, I do like a little, I call it like a double time section, just some like fun, silly questions to, to help wrap things up. Um, what's your, what's your favorite venue to play here in Philly? Um, when things are open, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I just really like playing at South. Yeah. South is great. And anywhere in the world, what's your dream venue to play? I don't even know. Um, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I just think that any if I went anywhere, I would want to just like play with local people there. You know. That's true. That's true. If I, if I traveled anywhere, but I haven't traveled far to well, as yeah. far as out of the country to play. Yeah. 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 Um, if you were to pick someone to play you in a film, who would it be? <laughs> um, oh my God. I'm trying to think of like younger people. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, Stumped. <laughs> yeah, I really... I don't know. Maybe if I like to play me when I'm older, you know, I'm trying to think. My favorite actress is Regina King, but I don't know. Okay, cool. But, but yeah. And if you were to have dinner with any musician throughout history, who would you want to have dinner with? I would want to have dinner Oh man, so many people. You don't have to just pick one if, it, if you're feeling put on the spot. Maybe <laughs> like George Benson mm. and Al Jarreau. Wow, yeah. And. Uh, Probably, I'm trying to think. Um, probably, maybe Sarah Vaughn. Ooh, yeah. 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 Cool. And then I asked each of the guests on the podcast to listen 
to a little bit of the music from the guest that was on before them. And that was uh, the wonderful Monette Sudler and yeah. her, new, her new album, Stay Strong. Yeah, I, I looked, um, I didn't listen to the whole thing, but I was kind of uh, going through it and I really like it. She um, collabed with a lot of people, which is awesome. Um, I liked, um, what's that? Oh, Mary, oh, Mary, don't you weep. Mm-hmm. I like that one because it's just uh, like a, it's an old song that I, I know. Um, yeah, she did it in a really nice way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it. I mean, it's like it seemed it, the album cover kind of the the album sounds like the album cover. I don't know if that makes sense, <laughs> but it just it sounds like very collaborative, just like a lot of people coming together mm-hmm. to play. And so like the album cover was kind of looked like that as well. So cool. We usually end the podcast with a, like one more song. I don't know if you have something else off your more recent EP or the, or the first one that you wanted to play. Yeah, I can, pl- um, I'll play another one off of, um, the taste EP. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called unwind. I featuring another good friend of mine, Vinny. Well, her name's Vincina and, um, that, uh, her artist name is also Vincina. And so this is Unwind off of Taste. Cool. Thanks so much, Molly. Thank you.
podcast for may 2021 thank you for listening um make sure to go check out the rest of molly's music she's i really love the music she's making i hope you do too um check out her website she does looks like she has a place to sign up for an email list on her website so you can stay tuned with all of her performances and i know she's also she's uh, got her own project and she's working on other people's projects as well so keep a lookout for her. This podcast sounds great thanks to the mixing and mastering of Philadelphia-based guitarist, composer, and educator, Connor O'Neill. Um, coming up next month, I'm going to be interviewing uh, a visual artist and musician. I, her artist name is Tether. I originally know her as Lauren Packarduni. And I first ran into her music at one of her art shows. And there's really cool music play and I said who is this and she had amazing artwork up and amazing music playing that she had made also and uh, so yeah Lauren and I will talk about an album she released this past year that made uh, one of uh, Bandcamp's uh, it was like top 10 experimental albums of the year and uh, so, yeah, it's really cool. She's, she's messing with tape loops and uh, looking forward to chatting with her.